0: Almost 5 million ounces transferred from eligible to registered. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Mark is here with you for Arcady Economics on a Thursday morning where there is plenty happening today as we have moves in the gold and silver price and also some moves in the actual physical silver as we will dig into in just a moment, because there have been changes in the COMEX stockpiles. Also a big addition to SLV, which we will cover. But first, let us quickly take a look at the silver price down yet again. Been a tough three-day stretch. Obviously, on Tuesday, the silver price was down almost a dollar. continued yesterday, and as well as today, where we've had, at least in the past two days, Jerome Powell in front of Congress. Talking about how inflation is still a concern, suggesting once again that there could be as many as two rate hikes on the way. Not entirely different from what he said a week ago during his press conference following the Fed's meeting, but we see that gold and silver have been selling off on both of these last two days, again, after that big sell off on Tuesday. So on the Kitco chart, we see down 26 cents in the futures pricing. Over at investing.com, we see silver down 40 cents to 2240 right now, which has left silver in negative territory on the year. Obviously, we have talked plenty about the underlying supply and demand fundamentals that show perhaps a different picture for silver going forward. Won't dig into that today, though. Um, again, as at least the pricing continuing to be based largely off of the Federal Reserve and their interest rate policy. Although, as I mentioned in the beginning, we did have some interesting changes in the stockpiles here. You can see on Wednesday, almost 5 million ounces transferred from eligible to registered. Keep in mind, we are just about a week ahead of the July silver delivery, which is an active month. So... We'll find out soon enough if this metal is being transferred in there to be prepared for deliveries. As I've talked about plenty, we've seen a steady drain out of the COMEX registered stockpile ever since silver squeeze back then it was 150 million ounces. Had been all the way down to 27 million ounces where it stood before this deposit. And even though this chart does not show it, it is now back up to 32 million ounces. Again, ahead of the delivery cycle that begins next week. Interesting note from Michael Lynch, who I think a lot of you are familiar with, does some incredible research over on the Silver Degen Club, and you can find him on Twitter as Michael Lynch, also known as Ditch the Deep State, and he suggests here 4.9 million ounces of silver moved into registered, likely for July, or possibly June contract settlement, and something that he has been noting in his daily posts, which are well worth reading, is that there's still 431 Contracts standing open in the June contract, which he feels is suggesting that the shorts may be having a problem locating the metal to deliver. And again, we will see in the next couple of days whether this uh, 5 million ounces that was just transferred from eligible to registered Used to meet that, whether it's used to meet some of the deliveries for the July contract. So, certainly something to keep an eye on, which we will do here over the next week as we head towards that July contract. Still quite a bit early to get a feel for how many contracts may be delivered as we are a week out, although we are in that range where COMEX certainly on the lower end of their supply of registered metal. Again, here's something we've talked about quite a bit before. This is the LBMA vault holdings, as you see there, which also at that same time following Silver squeezes, have taken quite a dip, has been relatively steady over the past half year, let's call it, as you get down here to 852,000 ounces. And for these past five or six months, still just staying steady at 848 million ounces. Of course, a lot of that metal is accounted for with the ETF holdings, as you can see here with 26,000 and change total tons in the LBMA silver vaults, 17,314 tons, counted for with the ETF holdings, leaving 9,081 tons outside of that. And at the same time this has been happening, we've started to see withdrawals in Shanghai as well. And just to be clear, I would say it's still a bit premature to say that we're seeing a run on the silver market, although certainly some Interesting trends that have been going on for a while and continue. And especially with the July deliveries coming up shortly, that will be the next step to look forward to. And at least the possibility there, if you did get a big delivery number and see a lot of metal taken out of the COMEX could bring us closer to the point where we really start to see whether there is an issue here or not, but certainly the trend so far heading lower And at the same time this was happening, as I mentioned, we did have a big addition into SLV on Tuesday. Interestingly, that was the day when the price was down almost a dollar. You can see that in the gray line here. And here's the 5 million ounces that was deposited. Then continuing that somewhat unusual trend of seeing large down days in the silver price where metal is actually added to the ETFs. This could be short covering, could also be investors who are sensing perhaps a bottom to the market and trying to get in at these levels. But if you take a look a little bit farther out, you can see that one of the bigger one-day additions in the past six months, Rafi had a column on that yesterday, which laid out some of these things. So certainly if you are a subscriber to his Endgame Investor, hopefully you've seen that or otherwise go check it out. No people have more to say on this tomorrow, but again, in this week where we've seen a pretty substantial decline for the past three days now in the silver price, we do see that metal is on the move, and we'll look forward to getting more clues to see where it's going and what this potentially suggests. One other note worth pointing out that we've been talking about for the past year and a half, here is the Indian silver import numbers. Again, some historic record-setting imports, which really were from may through october of last year throwing january and february as well so far as you can see here the blue bars represent the 2023 figures has really dropped off a cliff uh, especially seeing that low number in may relative to last year India traditionally a more price-sensitive buyer and with the prices quite a bit higher in the first half of this year as opposed to the summer of last year when we got down to 18 and slightly below, the Indian numbers have dropped off. Whether their imports will pick up, should we have the silver price stay a little bit lower now in the $22 range, that would certainly be another source of pressure on this market where the supply does remain tight. But at least as of the first five months of the year, the numbers are substantially lower. So just wanted to highlight that. Another thing that came out recently that some of you may have seen, if not, certainly interesting because Jim Rickards, who many of you are familiar with, has been talking about how at the BRICS upcoming meeting in August, which will run from the 22nd to 24th, he said last week that they were going to be unleashing their new BRICS Plus currency, and then in a column that came out on Tuesday, he mentions, it appears likely that the BRICS Plus currency will be linked to a weight of gold, which places the strengths of Russia and China, two of the largest gold producers in the world. This is something that we've heard about. We've seen papers out of Russia. We've seen some of their officials talk about this, talk about a currency based on a basket of commodities. So it's not like this is coming entirely out of nowhere. Is this something that is actually going to happen in August? Well, I guess we'll find out in just a couple of months and certainly would be quite a shocking development if it is and has the potential to have quite an impact in the gold market. Again, a lot of that will depend on the details. He suggests here the BRICS plus currency will be valued in units of gold by weight. BRICS currency will have a fixed value of gold and then suggests the policy backed up by physical gold purchases could drive the dollar price of gold to $3,000 per ounce or higher very quickly. So as we sit here on June 22nd, just about 2 months away from just about 2 months away from the meeting. I'm sure we will hear plenty about this going forward and certainly seems like the kind of thing that is possible given all the things that are going on in the world, especially with the Russian Ukraine war, the increasing divide in the world between NATO and some of the eastern countries. Certainly seems like the kind of thing that Russia could respond with. Will they? We will find out in due time, but just wanted to point that out. And again, if you Google the biggest monetary shock in 52 years, Jim Rickards, you can find out more about that and take a look through the article. And at the same time that is happening, we continue to get some issues popping up in the United Kingdom, where on Wednesday they got another quite hot CPI inflation report, 8.7% year over year. Core inflation coming in at 7.1%, food price inflation at 18.3%. So a lot of pressure on the Bank of England. And this morning they came out with a 50 basis point hike, which was somewhat of a surprise to the markets. They were pricing in the chance of a 50 basis point hike, um, not a guarantee by any means, but Bank of England with its 13 consecutive increase going 50 basis points. And we are seeing quite a reaction so far in the markets, perhaps not as much in the exchange rate between the dollar and the pound, which has had quite a volatile year. Here you can see back in September down at about 108 has risen quite a bit up to 1.27. And that's in the midst of the issues in their government bond market, where you see here in September. That was when they faced that liability-driven investment scheme issues that forced the Bank of England to step in, buy some of those bonds as yields were spiking, they came back in. But you can see the two-year now at 5.11% versus being at 4.31% when they were having those issues. And similarly, you can see in the 10-year, got as high as 4.3% back last September, now at 4.4%. And obviously, similar dynamic, maybe even more extreme than what the Fed is facing, where they ran into issues with the higher interest rates, which means that the bonds are going down in value as the prices sink, and yet with inflation so high, forced to continue raising interest rates. So we wondered last year if we had seen the end of those issues. Rates had come in for a while down to about 3%, and again, uh, one of the things they were concerned about was the speed of the increase. We haven't seen perhaps that significant because here it went in July from 1.87% to 4.3% in just a couple of months. Not quite as extreme in the 10-year in these last few months, although not slow either. And taking a look at the British government bond market, again, you can see certainly on the short end, quite substantial increases and just some of the indications that things not so ideal as governments around the world continue to raise interest rates and not having the easiest time doing it. So certainly something that you might want to keep an eye on, although certainly we will be covering here in the weeks and months ahead. As we see how this plays out, of course, in the U.S., while the rates have not spiked quite as significantly as what we've seen in the United Kingdom, I did want to point out that U.S. national debt, at least what is publicly stated, now has crossed the $32 trillion mark. Not entirely shocking, given that there was a lot of debt to be issued following the debt ceiling resolution. And now we're over $32 trillion. Again, the cap has been removed until January 1st of 2025. So we have a year and a half where, especially in an election year, God only knows what that number will go up to. Of course, you can add on the unfunded liabilities plus whatever else is actually out there that doesn't really get reported. And you have a lot of debt that has certainly gone past the point of no return long time ago. So these are the types of issues that are facing these global financial markets that do not have any easy answers in sight. And which again are why you see things like the possibility of whether Jim Rickards is right or not, that we'll see a BRICS currency based on gold, but we will just continue to see money go into gold and silver. But these are some of the reasons why we talk so much about that on the show. Obviously not an ideal scenario, but just trying to cover what's happening out there and give you some insight into what is going on. Before we wrap up, did want to mention that there was some news out from BlackRock Silver today, who's kind proud sponsor of the show, as they've issued an exploration update on their Tonopah West and Silver Cloud projects. Tonopah West being their flagship project, where they released a maiden resource back in April of last year, and now they are updating and incorporating all the 2022 drill information into their geologic model, which now includes the Northwest step-out drilling at Tonopah West, located a kilometer northwest of their DPB resource and has increased the strike length of that vein system to over 3 kilometers. model is now ready and will form the basis of an updated resource estimate, which they are planning to complete in the second half of this year to add additional tons to that resource, which will likely be keeping a similar grade profile and that will also help them to update their geologic model for the next drill program to infill the northwest step out area relative to the main resources at victor and dpd and of course as we've mentioned previously they were getting ready for drilling at their silver cloud project which did begin yesterday on june 21st initial drill holes are targeting the gold and silver intercepts that came back at 70 grams per ton gold 600 grams per ton silver and testing approximately 500 meters of strike along the high-grade vein. Two additional targets have been identified that are similar to Northwest Canyon, and based on a multiple vein scenario, a Midas mine-like system is envisioned, which the drill program will be testing. So, of course, this is in addition to their lithium project that they found at Tonopah North, which they've partnered with Tierlac Resources, who is doing the drilling and has gotten some encouraging results with the drill holes that have come back so far. So I'll have the link to this press release in the description field below so you can find out more about the latest progress from BlackRock. And we will wrap up there for today, but hope you found this one helpful. Appreciate you being here as always, and we will see you again tomorrow with Rafi's Weekly Silver Report.